Welcome to the Pro-Life Team Podcast. I'm Jacob, and I'm here with Melanie. And today, we're going to talk about the spiritual warfare that is behind the pregnancy clinic work. So, so Melanie, I'm excited to have you on the Pro-Life Team Podcast. Uh, would you introduce yourself as if you were speaking to a small group of pregnancy clinic executive directors? Yes. Oh, uh, Jacob, I'm excited too. And I'm really excited to be in the company of so many people who honor life, who honor God's call to protect life. And uh, I'm very excited about what we're going to talk about. Most of all, um, in the fact that I love to give encouragement. I love to be encouraged as well. But I love to share with others what God has brought me through, where he's brought me to, and uh, where he's bringing me, but it's just not about me. It's about our ministry. It's about our joint ministry as people who, who love life and love what the Word of God says about life. So thank you for having me. Oh, my, my pleasure. So my understanding so I, is that – oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say you asked me to introduce myself. I really didn't do that. <laughs> so, oh, so yes, please continue. Yeah, so my name is Melanie, and uh, I originally am from South Jersey, from the rural part of New Jersey, and uh, I am a, a pastor. I've been a pastor for over 20 years. There was at one point where God called me to move to North Carolina, specifically to the mountain region, in order to start a church and to start a pregnancy center. And uh, I was obedient to that call. And I came south, not knowing anyone, not really having any money to do anything uh, except to live on. And yet God opened many, many doors. So I'd like to share that with you today. And I also authored a book called Your Body, God's Choice, Abortion in 21st Century America, which is available on Amazon. Uh, But I am here to talk not just about the book, but about the adventure that God has had me and my associates with. Um, on in this wonderful, wonderful journey of bringing a culture of life to Western North Carolina. Awesome. So I was about ready to ask you if you were a pastor or an executive director first, and it sounds like you actually might have started both at the same time. Tell us the story of how you got started in both both of those areas. Well, actually, uh, my call to be a pastor began in about 2004, I already had a Christian radio show at that time. I was teaching Bible study at that time, and uh, I'm a Christian songwriter, so I had a pretty vibrant music ministry. So, yeah, I have been uh, working, shall we say, uh, for the Lord for hmm, over 20 years. I don't really remember exactly how it all started, but but God definitely called me and uh, grew me into a place where I could take on the job as the executive director. And I'm also the founder of Life Choice Pregnancy Center of Western North Carolina. So I, I founded the Pregnancy Center, and uh, I asked everyone who was on the board to be on the board. And uh, I stepped down from the board in order to be the executive director. Because the executive director, as we all know, is the face of the Pregnancy Center. And so because I had the, uh, had made ties in the community and because I was working pretty tirelessly for this cause, 
it was just assumed that I would step into that position as executive director. Okay, so you've been a pastor for a long season, and then but then yes. you you moved and also started a pregnancy clinic. What what was it like to? What, what yeah I guess you know what what was your experience hearing from God when it came to you know coming to the understanding that you needed to move to a new place and right. open up a pregnancy clinic in that new place. Right. So um, it's interesting experience. And, and uh, as I share this, I'd like to encourage everybody to listen to the voice of God, to walk with him daily and to be attentive as you pray to what he uh, moves you to do, whether it's speaking to you in uh, that still small voice or whether he, it's, a, it's just a strong urging from the Holy Spirit, know that when you're following God's direction, it's the right direction. And so uh, I have had many, many years of following that uh, voice of God. And when he told me to move to North Carolina, uh, I knew by that point, don't argue with God, just do it. And so I had to wait for the opening to come, but it came. Moved down. My son went to college down here. And so um, I had to make new ties to the community. And God enabled me. He opened my mouth. I used to be very, very shy. I could not open my mouth, was too shy to attend adult Sunday school, afraid to talk to anyone. <laughs> but God opened my mouth, and He will do that for you. If you're the type, and I've met quite a few, even in the executive director position, that um, are just a little reticent to speak out about what God really has to say about the pregnancy center. Uh, just be encouraged. Just open your mouth and speak what God has you to speak because everything's going to fall into place when we honor God first. We all know that. Mm. So um, when God actually showed me a vision of young people, and Jacob, I think I sent you an article that a Pregnancy Help News had written about this vision God gave me of young people holding okay. a scroll across the mountain. And they were all smiling. These young people were smiling, holding a scroll end to end. Now, this scroll was about five feet tall. And what I saw was rolling mountains with young people scattered all across the mountains holding this very long scroll. And the interesting thing was the scroll was, the scroll was blank. And so okay. I woke up and I said, God, what was that? <laughs> uh, and why was the scroll blank? And into my spirit, he spoke, the story is yet to be told. So God doesn't give us every little detail, but he shows yeah. us a promise of what can be accomplished. Now, take in mind, these young people were all smiling. And this was a picture that God gave me. And uh, what I have found is that that is actually being fulfilled as we have started the pregnancy center and our clients are coming to us. The joy that they have in receiving attention and receiving the resources that we offer them, the, the mentoring, even the prayer, which of course we ask permission if we can pray first. Uh, okay. They come to us smiling. They come to us with their babies happy. So uh, that's, that vision is already starting to be fulfilled. So when um, I got to North Carolina, God started to put people in place. I won't go into the details because there are just way too many, but God brought people into my life 
that were instrumental in starting the pregnancy center that I never would have met. I mean, those circumstances were such that I should not have met these people, but miraculously I did. And they introduced me to other people and it snowballed into a board of directors, into willing people moved by God to put their lives, their uh, finances even, and uh, their hearts into the work of the pregnancy center ministry that we have going now. And we've only been open for a little over a year. Wow. I'm not sure if I answered your question. Oh, no, that was... (laughs) So I've got a follow-up question, which is, um, so you're essentially going back to the encouragement for people to seek God's voice, uh, whether it's the still, small, quiet voice, or whether it's in some other avenue or whether it's from the bible how would you when it comes to like that still quiet voice how do you confirm or check the voice what's your what are your thoughts on checking to see if it's coming from god or somewhere else right right so that's a good question we we absolutely know if it's from god number one if it doesn't go against scripture and when things fall into place because you followed his direction now let me just share with you uh we're undergoing something major right now um but it started with little small steps in starting the pregnancy center and of course we have a board uh we have a wonderful board and it started with asking the question do we need to uh, rent a certain small office space well everybody was worried where are we going to get the money for that but because god led us through his voice, through confirmations, through other people, sometimes in dreams, visions, we voted to rent that small space. We have been in that space. We've never missed a rent payment. We've never missed an electric bill. We've never missed our internet bill. So that all came into place. That's a confirmation. Of course, that confirmation came after the fact. But just walking into it, there's a comfort and a peace that comes when you know you're in his will, where you know that you know, just like your faith. How do we define the faith? It's a gift of faith. God gives us a gift of faith. That faith is not our own faith. It's our gift from him, which enables us to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But that faith also is a gift that helps us to understand when he is moving us in a certain direction. Of course, it's the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit moving us, uh, guiding us, directing us. And the peace that comes from just that knowing, how do we know that Jesus has risen? I'm going to ask you that. How do we know, Jacob? Wow, that's a really good question. So how do we know that Jesus has risen? I would say... um, I would say based off of praying to Jesus that I, I've, I've been able to experience God's, well, relationship with Jesus. Uh, but going off of, you know, essentially based on trust in the Bible and that it's mm-hmm. in, the, in the words that are in there that are true. And so I would say mostly I, w- I know that Jesus has risen based on trust in the Bible and my experience has confirmed that it's true based on um, relationship. And then, and also when it comes to, like, one of the things in the Bible that it says when it comes to like, you know, checking a spirit would be 
if you ask us, if you hear a voice or you hear a direction right. from, a, uh, you can ask, you know, is Jesus God come in the flesh? And did Jesus die on the cross and raise from the dead three days later? And if that voice right. can agree, then mm-hmm. that's a, um, then that's really, a, you know, essentially a sign that a confirmation. And, mm-hmm. um, and then my wife would also often tell me, if you ask the people to pray, you can, you know, who also share faith in Jesus, you can get confirmation from, from elders or from your, you know, fellow believers. Absolutely. As, Absolutely. And that's one thing I, I haven't done, but my wife loves to tell me that. And so I, I need to start implementing that piece into my confirmation strategy. <laughs> yeah, and she's, and she's right. We get confirmation from others who are strong Christians. I wouldn't ask yes. um, a carnal Christian. Uh, yes. I, I want yeah. to know someone who really, we know, you can tell often by their countenance and by the way they pray out loud, do they really okay. walk with God? Are they really close yeah. to God? These are the people that we want to ask for confirmation through their prayer. Ask them to pray. Uh, but God, yeah. through his spirit, will, will lead you as well if you're in that place. And, and two things I would like to remind everybody. We are a light to the world. And our light cannot be hidden, should not be hidden. So that's, that's part of our ministry. And we need to walk with confidence that Jesus Christ is Lord and also that because we're in his will protecting the lives of moms and, and the spiritual lives of dads and protecting these babies, we're in his will already. And we know that when we pray in his will, he answers our prayers. So that's right away. We need to have confidence in that. But um, something else that when you were talking about what your wife said, I have had Many people confirm, yes, the Lord says, yes, this is the right direction. But I'm talking about godly people, people whose okay. walk I admire. That's, that's very important. And again, yeah. um, another thing is he calls us to holiness. We need to be walking in holiness so that, so that we know God will hear our prayers because God cannot look upon sin. And so as we're walking the walk that he wants us to walk, we're going to be more in communion with him as we spend time. We spend time devoting our our uh, prayers, reading scripture, and listening for his voice as we walk in mm. that special place. He will hear our prayers, and we will be more in communication with him. I think if that's the one thing I would like people to know, those who have already given their hearts to Jesus, given their lives over to him through the gift of faith, that the more time we spend walking in holiness, the closer we're going to grow to him. We're going to have a better relationship with him, just like um, the parental relationship that you have with your parents. The more you walk and talk with your parents, the more you're going to have a, a good understanding, conversation, know what they're talking about, and the more you're going to get their approval. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And, and I feel like often um, sin or noise in the city is one of the things that prevents me from hearing God's voice. Like, I feel like you have to, you have to like break away from all, you know, from the inbox, from the dishes, from, from sinful thoughts, from, 
in order to, you know, right. sort of to make God's voice more, well, you know, essentially that still small voice can be, I believe it can be um, muffled or, or, you know, overpowered sure. by distractions and sin. And then it's harder Absolutely. to hear his voice when you're, when you're but, but when you do hear his voice, then it makes a lot of sense and you have to strive for being in his rest and for not being caught up in the busyness of the day or in the busyness of the city. Right. And let me a segue into a, a verse that I included in, in my book, Your Body, God's Choice. I included this from Psalm 22, verse 9. This is out of the King James. And, and listen, this is really important to what we're talking about. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. We need to give the Lord glory every day and try mm. to stay away from those distractions. Distractions are, are normal. They're going to come. And we need to really walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. Yeah. And then the things of this world are not going to um, labor you, burden you down. The, the problems are, are going to come. And, and they're going to come when you're walking with the Lord. You're going to get not just distractions, you're going to come against, in the spiritual realm, demonic forces. My book is yeah. about that too. You're, it's, it's normal as a Christian. That's a normal Christian life. But see, what the Lord says, especially if you read the book of Revelation, you will see the overcomers have a reward. What is a Christian but an overcomer? As a Christian, we are all overcomers. And that's because it's not our power, but the authority given to us in Jesus' name, and because we have that faith, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But again, when we're in his will, not all things, not in his will, <laughs> all things in his will. Yeah. And, and that's, we really need to, as um, executive directors of pregnancy centers, our focus needs to be, first of all, God, because he has created the lives that we're protecting. We're doing his work. Mm -hmm. And as we stay focused on him and we pray, open in the center with prayer, we try to do that. Every time we open, we try to pray, uh, be in God's will, pray for our clients, pray for the world. And as we do that and we focus, he's going to lead and direct us. And we're not going to have any doubt. Getting back to that, how do we know? How, how do we know? We're not going to have a doubt that that's his will. And we're going to move forward. We have to take that step of faith and move forward. And then God is going to strengthen us. We have to have that courage that he tells us to have in the Bible. And we started, like I said, we had to vote on whether or not we were going to pay rent. It wasn't a very big rent, but we didn't have the money. We didn't have the money okay. to do it. We just had to step out on faith that God's going to bring us the money. And so each step we've taken has been that. We've just taken a gigantic step from a very small space to a 3,000-square-foot facility. Again, we've only been opened for over a year. And God has opened up doors so such as that we know it's him. And God is providing the money. How will we succeed so if we? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
Oh, I was just going to say that's exciting. It's so exciting to hear and to see, you know, to see God's fingerprints on, on these, um, in, in his response to your faith. That's just amazing. Oh, it is. And such is my faith because we, we have people and our volunteers as well, uh, our, our faith, people of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you have that much support, that uh, community of believers, how can you, how can you fail? Because wow. we have all our strength in the Lord. And so every step we take, we take it under his guidance. And have, have there been obstacles? Absolutely. Like I said before, that's, that's going to happen. But we're overcomers, we're Christians, and we're doing the Lord's will. And he's been so, so good to us. Yeah. So what inspired you to start the day at your clinic in prayer? Like, where, where, what was the root? that brought you to oh, wow. starting each day with prayer as, as a, as you know, a um, I, I can't, organization I can't, group. Yeah. I can't answer that. I just know that we have to, we all knew our, our board. Okay. Chairman Lynn, she, she knew. Um, and it wasn't something that came about naturally because we get so busy. We do this, we yes. do this. And we say, Oh, we forgot to pray. We need to pray. You know? And so then we'll pray. And sometimes that happens. Um, it happened just a couple of days ago where we we meant to start off the day with prayer, but then somebody came to the door and the phone rang and all that type of thing will happen. But then we made sure we prayed as soon as okay. we could. So it's it's vital. It's vital to the strength of your organization. More important than the money, because God owns everything anyway, doesn't he? He owns everything. That's true. So out of curiosity, out. yeah. So out of curiosity, did at previous companies or previous organizations, did you ever start the day with prayer, or was this actually something that started with this pregnancy clinic and that decision, or the, you know that morning prayer? Well, um, I, I have to say that uh, this is the first organization I've ever actually been a director of or been in charge of. Okay. Um. So I've been a pastor for many years, and of course, anytime you start a Bible study, anytime you start a church service, anytime you start a music service, okay. um, we're, you're going to pray. It's just what we do as Christians. We pray because we want God's anointing over yeah. the time that we're going to spend together worshiping him, serving him, uh, learning about his word. Uh, we ask God to anoint our service every time, don't we? So as we're doing the Lord's work in a pregnancy center, shouldn't we do the same? Yes. It, well, in, in my experience with, um, well, I, I worked at a pregnancy clinic here in Tucson, Arizona, and oh. and they had the, the pattern of praying at the beginning of the day. And they mm -hmm. came about to, to doing that because they would have these, events that were very well they would they would have a lot of anxiety that would come from these galas or virtually these events and and they essentially learned that there were always you know the devil seemed to be always working to cause problems in the details and different things not working out right and so they would they, they, mm -hmm. they you know essentially in response to that they learned to pray uh every day and mm -hmm. in order to you know essentially engage in that spiritual warfare 
Um, and right. and so that was out of all the places that I've worked, that that's the one place that, that yeah, it was a pregnancy clinic that had the morning prayer as part of like, you know, how to engage and do well in their mission. Um, and and so and actually at my company, we're we're twenty two years old, but we just recently started doing morning prayer. Uh, well, I guess we've done it somewhat sporadically over the years, but we've been doing it somewhat consistently for the last, let me say, let me six months, I suppose. But um, but pretty much when things start to get, you know, spiritually intense, I think a good response is to start with morning prayer as a way of mm-hmm. entering into a spiritual battle space. Oh, absolutely. That's a wonderful testimony, Jacob. It, it really is. And uh, think about this, too. How many spiritual battles do we already win before they happen because of prayer? <laughs> how much time do we how much time do we save because we've prayed and asked for guidance instead of going and doing it our way or man's way? How much time do we save by doing it God's way? Think about that. It's yeah. more efficient. It's it's definitely more efficient. It's it's going to put some things to rest right away. Oh, we have prayed for they, we've had some spiritual battles. Me in particular, um, because I I started the pregnancy center, and so I get a lot of heat even before I walk out the door of my house. Sometimes I get a lot of things coming at me, and uh, okay. you know, and and I just have to give it over to God. Our our church, we have a church. Our our mission statement. Um, is about laying down our burdens, giving uh, Jesus the yoke of of heaviness, give him, giving him the heavy burden, and we take the light yoke instead. And so that's a place in our, you know, when we get up in the morning, we have to put on our spiritual armor, as we read about in Ephesians, and we have to go into the day ready for battle, especially in this time of this heated controversy over pregnancy centers, where so many of our pregnancy centers have gotten attacked. We know mm-hmm. we need to pray for protection. Uh, I've been attacked personally, not physically, praise the Lord, because we're in a rural area. We're just not around a whole lot of people. Uh, I pray for those pregnancy centers that are in heavy populated cities, where they're going to be subject to more adverse treatment. But, of course, uh, I did have my tires flashed one time. I've been attacked on Facebook. I've ha- had to block a few people. But then we pray for those, don't we? Mm. We, we pray for those who deceitfully use us. But, uh, well, before you, before you keep going, um, how would you reflect on those, on your experience in that, you know, and being attacked and how, how someone meant something for evil and how God used it for good? Have you Have you seen... Have you seen God use those experiences for good in some way? Interesting. Um, I saw a young lady two days ago at the gas station, and she was yelling and waving to me, and I couldn't, I didn't know who in the world she could be. I had no idea, but I said hello. You know, I was very happy and friendly with her, walked over. And she showed me her daughter in the car, and then it all started to click. I remembered who she was. This is okay. the same woman who two years ago engaged with me in an argument at the McDonald's over abortion. Okay. Oh. But I had a uh, yeah. So and she she worked there, 
And um, we, he knew I worked for the pregnancy center. And I can't remember what my purpose was being there that day. I just remembered her attitude. And it, okay. it wasn't nice. It wasn't nice. And uh, I was consistent with my testimony. Uh, after that, uh, we, we prayed for her, by the way. We prayed for her. We prayed for her daughter many, many times. Many times. Uh, after she left that job, I saw her about town here and there. I would always smile, always talk to her, uh, consistently pleasant with her, praying for her. I had, now, at this point, a couple of days ago, I had not seen her in about a year and a half. And what was the change? What do you attribute that change to? But prayer and my consistent testimony to her about how I value life and how I value her as a person and I value her daughter. Yeah. Now, has she turned over to be pro-life? I, I don't know that. This was a simple exchange at the gas station, but we hugged each other a number of times. This is a woman <laughs> who verbally attacked me at the McDonald's Aww. over abortion. <laughs> okay? Yeah. And I mean, I genuinely love her, and you can't help but love someone that you pray for. If you spend enough time praying for, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's your violent ex-husband or somebody in the workplace that has really destroyed your reputation. If you pray for that person enough, you're going to be praying with the mind of Christ and with the love of God. Mm. You can't help but love that person. That's my experience. And I genuinely love her. And look how that love was returned to me just two days ago. Just a simple encounter in a gas station. Yeah, and, it, and that's, and just because, that's the power of God. Yeah, and I don't think you, you can measure wins and losses based on someone, you know, going from let's say pro-abortion or to pro-life. But I think you can measure God's, you know, interaction, fingerprints, and and success. But but essentially, because you created a culture of life, you know, by encouraging right. her and building up relationship. I mean, it's it's not like it's not like a yes or a no or a win or a loss. I would say you mm -hmm. you essentially have provided encouragement and and the culture of life has been um, escalated or grown through mm -hmm. through those interactions and right. and everyone's on a journey. So it's not like you can expect someone right. to arrive right now. Otherwise, it's not a win. The fact that they're on the journey is part right. of that culture of life growing. I think. Yes, absolutely. We have to remember our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's in the yes. heavenly places. We we are in spiritual warfare. And yes, you, you are you are right in pointing out that we're all on a journey and we all don't get to the same place at the same time. But we have to yes. continue to pray for these people. And uh you know, we we're all what's the saying? Something like, uh, I'm not where I've been but I'm not where I'm going. So we're all in that journey, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's true. Um, yeah, when when it comes to sometimes you know seeing the spiritual battle, sometimes very clearly, I, I've seen it when I, when I visit um, the Planned Parenthood sidewalk where where I live mm -hmm. in Tucson. The mm -hmm. 
there's these people with umbrellas that will escort uh, women from their cars into the building. I think last time I was out there, they had 10, 10 people with umbrellas. And, Mm -hmm. but this group, this group includes some very, um, they they include someone who will, who played the satanic Bible. They play, you know, as a Planned Parenthood employee, they're literally playing that as like the audio to try and discourage someone on the sidewalk. Um, who's oh wait, praying. I, I don't think I caught that. They're they're playing they're, they're, the recording of satanic, the satanic Bible. Yes, like an audio version of the <laughs> Satanic Bible. Like they they it, apparently it's on YouTube. Yes, um, I don't know much about it, but it, apparently it came out in the '70s by this one person. And but all that to say is like that they're trying to use you know, their it seems like their goal is to play the darkest, most offensive things possible. And that's under the Planned Parenthood logo. Like that's like an official employee you know, or that, person working there. So, and they play that. And they also have played satanic, um, like uh, death metal, where you can't really understand anything being said, but it sounds really bad. <laughs> and, oh, okay. they've, and they've also have played, I would call it akin to like pornographic music because it's not like a porno video audio, but it's more of like, a music track that could very easily, you know, it's just like, there's nothing, it's just really bad content. <laughs> and, well, they, and they're so essentially what, playing what these else? things to try and be offensive yeah. to the people that are praying and they try and drown out the prayers with this, you know, evil mm-hmm. audio, essentially. So what more proof do we need to say that abortion is really laying a baby at the altar of Satan? What more proof do I, I don't, we need? I think, I yeah, I believe that yeah um and it's just simply behind those doors and otherwise it it would be yeah the visuals would match their you know this this is these are messages that they're offering up freely like they're they're you know bringing these messages to the sidewalk um they're just showing who they are and their mentality by what they say and by what audio they play um and, and there's no question that everything they do is just, well, not everything they do, but these things are very dark. Uh, yes, they, they are very dark. It, I mean, that spirit is across America right now. I write about it in my book. I write about the uh, spirit of Baal, uh, Ashtaroth, hmm. the, the ancient goddess, uh, the ancient god Molech, who babies were sacrificed to on the uh, burning altar with the arms spread out where they would hold that baby as it screamed as it was being burnt while they were, again, the music, to drown out the sound of the baby, playing loud music to drown out the sound of the crying baby who's being burnt to death. Uh, This is all in my book, by the way. And uh, I, I mean, it's the ancient abortion in um, the way that we know it may be new uh, because of certain scientific things, but the practice of killing our young is as ancient as the devil because he hates families. He hates children and babies, wants to um, pervert them. I mean, look at the latest news about Balenciaga, the designer who have you seen those ads 
No, I, don't think I haven't seen those. Oh, okay. Well, uh, very briefly. You can describe uh, them. Balenciaga. What's that? I'm sorry. What's that? Oh, go ahead and describe them. Oh, describe the app. Yeah, so Balenciaga has, um, ha- is in a lot of hot water right now because of certain advertisements showing uh, little children around items of um, bondage, perversion. Uh, I actually, some of these things, I have difficulty saying. You have to research mm. it on your own, but it's a designer belong They've had to make an apology. I've read the apology. It was not even an apology. Uh, they were they were saying, well, we'll have people look into this so that it doesn't happen again. No, the fact of the matter is you knew it was going on. It all leads yeah. to pedophilia, and you just shouldn't have done it. Now, just don't do it again. Uh, the it's just ridiculous the way they twist things, but it's very, yeah. very dark. It's very evil. And the roots go very deep in um, not just Hollywood, the de- designer industry, politics. There are so many pedophiles, so many perverted people that want to hurt children, but it all starts at the womb, doesn't it? If they can't get them at the womb, they will get them after they're born. But that's yeah. the agenda. How hard is, is it for us to raise children safely in today's environment? But there's always been an agenda against children. Yeah. We just that, have, that makes that's you think, we have to Oh, yeah, go ahead. We just have to pray. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say um, a couple of thoughts. One is, well... So last night at my church service, we were, yeah, here we are in December and we're starting to have sermons on Advent. And mm-hmm. we essentially, yeah, essentially the idea that, you know, Herod had the wise men come to, to come to him and right. he decided he wanted to try and kill the king of the Jews instead of going and worshiping the king of the Jews or because, and he apparently believed, uh, you apparently believe what they were saying enough to kill everyone under two years old in that area right. to try and kill right. Jesus. And so right. it's just simply, yeah, how is, you know, this, you know, it feels like that's just, you know, the fact that he believed it, but yet wanted to hold on to his power, even at the cost right. of killing so many children with the effort of trying to, you know, and he had the arrogance to think that he could stop Jesus from being born, but at the same right. time, just killing so many children as a result of trying to, yeah, based on his power, his love of power or his desire to, yeah, you know, essentially his hate or evil, the evilness there was intense. Well, you used the right word when you said arrogance, and what is arrogance but a, but a form of pride, and what is the devil's sin but pride, um, they'll interestingly left getting back to listening to the voice of god i was in a church service i was not preaching at this service i was sitting okay. in a pew and god had me and it wasn't christmas time the sun was shining i remember that much um god had me to read those passages about herod and as i was okay. reading them it just started to come to me it's the spirit of herod which is the spirit of abortion today mm. it's the Spirit, it's not that the spirit's name is Herod, that's not how it works, but it's okay. the same spirit that influenced Herod to kill those babies 
that same spirit in the world today wants to continue killing babies. And if you read, and I write about it in the Mm. book, if you read Herod's family tree, Herod had a very dysfunctional family. It was so complicated. It took me a while. I had to read the writings of Josephus as well to sort out this complicated family tree. And of course, it's part of it's included in the Bible. I put it all together. And wow, um, if you've heard of any, you know, families that have a lot of dysfunction, Herod beats a lot of them, (laughs) beats them all. A lot of murder and mayhem. Uh, And it's a a spiritual problem. And that's still It's interesting. Well, and Herod back then used political power to murder Right. An entire community exactly. of of children yes. two years old, you know, males two years old or younger, and right. and then abortion today is being done through government sanctioned, um, you know, permission. Um, yes, and that's in my book. Yeah, that's in my book. How yeah. the spirit of her has gotten into the government and indicating the death of babies. Now go figure, it's an ancient spiritual problem. In fact, my name, the name of the book now is Your Body, God's Choice, Abortion in 21st Century America. But originally I was calling the book The Spirit of Herod. That was the original I did not know that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know, (laughs) yeah. Um, I don't think anybody knows that. I, I don't think I wrote about it in the book. But that was the original name, and if you you know if you read the book, you'll see um, how that spirit of Herod has come down through the years into 21st century mm. America to influence us, just as uh, those poor little babies, those poor families in Bethlehem were killed, just as Pharaoh killed the Hebrew children as well, which is mm. where Moses got saved. Um, in the in the reeds, in the little ark, in the little boat, as Miriam watched him. And you know what the funny thing is, though, here here's here's where we're overcomers. Here's where we're overcomers. Number one, the midwives refused to kill the babies. If you remember that in that in the story yes. of Pharaoh killing the babies, the midwives refused. They were going against the government. Think about that. They were yeah. going against the pharaoh's orders so we don't always have to obey the government when it goes against god's will are we to be subject to the government yes but when we totally go against god's will we can't personally murder somebody just because it's the government's rule that you should do so and the other thing i want to get out of it is that god has a sense of humor and in being an overcomer if you recall the story miriam um in the reeds she hid the baby and Pharaoh's daughter saw the baby and Miriam watched and daughter of Pharaoh found that beautiful baby and wanted to take that cute little baby home. And Miriam suggested her mother as a nursemaid in the palace and the mother of Moses was paid to take care of her own son in in (laughs) Pharaoh's palace. Does God have a sense of humor? Are we overcomers as people of faith in the Lord God? Yes. So there's always a victory. There's always a victory if we just stay faithful. That's a lesson right there. Yeah. And and it makes sense that 
when God, when the Bible, when it says um, there's nothing new under the sun, you know, every, and and that's probably because when it comes to the spiritual realm, you know, God, you know, is, is ever, you know, is, is steadfast and the spirit, you know, the, the angels fallen or not fallen are also, you know, they're not being created. They're the same angels and the same spirits then as they are now. And exactly. so when it comes to the spiritual realm, there's no, the, the players aren't changing. It's the same players today as it was 2,000 years ago or any time at any point. The, 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 you know, the players haven't changed. And so that makes sense well, that, you know, know. Now yeah. I know why you have a, a, such a great podcast, because you have great insight. That's exactly, <laughs> you're, you're right. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, but that's really interesting because I never really thought of. I mean, I've heard that verse before, not you know, things under the sun, but I never mm-hmm. thought about how that could be or why that would be. Um, and because as people, we have new technology, we have different things, mm-hmm. but everything is still when it comes to the spiritual realm. That's really the realm that seems things. to be, yeah, it drives so much that we see. Yeah, mm-hmm. that part is. And because and, the spirits use the same tactics, like, yeah, like you were saying, like the same tactic to try and, you know, against the Israel, you know, the, the people of Israel uh, okay. to try and take out Jesus today when it comes to trying to take out the unborn. Um, yeah. And if anything, it seems like today it's not, you know, it, there might be higher numbers, but it, infanticide is not common. But apparently back then. I mean, you know, yeah, and maybe they were just waiting until they were born before they would, their lives were becoming at risk. Um, but one thing that but, you, would, you you need to understand is that there is still a lot of genocide in the world today. There is, uh, if yes, you look in uh, Yemen, Yemen, there's uh, genocide, and uh, there, there are actually many places right now in China, uh, there is genocide going on against the um, Muslims in China. And other places mm. in the world, we still do suffer genocide. And right now, mm. um, if you think about it, and I'm sure you've read about this, there are more black babies proportionally aborted than white babies. In proportion, I yeah. give the statistics yeah. in my book. Um, even uh, in some places, New York City, there are more black babies aborted than white babies and there is a black genocide going on which breaks my heart atlanta georgia is the same situation and i haven't studied every single statistic but this much i know in the united states of america going by planned parenthood has an organization called guttmacher i'm i use not only do i use the cdc statistics but also planned parenthood's own statistics on abortion more black babies proportionally, you know, in ratio are killed than white babies. What does that say? Why were Planned Parenthood facilities put up in places of um, large black communities? Why? Tell me. Uh, it breaks my heart. It, it just yeah. makes me weep. It really yeah, Mar- makes me weep. Yeah, Margaret Singer, there's a quote that she she talks about the, the African-American population as being like a weed that needs yes, to be removed in order for right. the 
for us to have a better stock. And she essentially refers to the people as like with farming language and yeah, essentially referring to them as something that needs to be removed uh, right. from the stock. Margaret Sanger, the starter of uh, the actual founder of Plant Parenthood, uh, she was a eugenicist, believed in only a certain people being allowed to live and pop- repopulate. And uh, Adolf Hitler was also a eugenicist, wasn't he? And, you know, this school of yes. thought were in, That's true. in certain circles uh, at that certain time um, in our history, very, very popular. It all started with Darwinian belief, evolution, so that only the strongest can survive, only the fittest should survive. So it all goes back to evolution, but that's for another day. Yeah, well, yeah, but I guess what we're hearing is that, you know, the, these the, the spiritual realm has the same, you know, these influences um, can be identified with the same tactics of trying to to injure the weak or injure the the poor or, right. you know, essentially, yeah, and it's just, uh, but essentially it keeps it, it's the same trend, it's the same spiritual forces showing up repeatedly in these spiritual Good battles. Good point. Thank you. Um, well, so um, this might be a good time for us to try and uh, wrap up the podcast. And so, would you what 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 would what would you, would you say a prayer that those who are listening could join in, and oh, yeah. as okay. they as they're making their daily commute, they can consider this prayer as they're going to their pregnancy clinic or wherever they happen to be going yeah would you mm-hmm. yeah help us uh, end this in a prayer that will encourage yeah. those to pray along with 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 you of course father in heaven we come before you now lord god in gratitude for all you have done for us for the many blessings you give us your guidance not just through your holy spirit but through your holy scriptures through the word of god we learn in your holy word that jesus came to give us life and that abundantly and that is a message of of healthy life for all and we so appreciate you lord god in our work lord as we as we move forward into our day lord god i ask that you bless each executive director listening right now each pro-life person listening right now, those who have a heart, Lord God, to do your will in this hard world. Lord God, I ask that you protect them from any danger, that you inspire them through your Holy Spirit. You put a hedge of protection around them in the angelic realm, that nothing uh, formed against them is going, no weapon formed against them is going to prosper. Lord God, I, I ask that through your Holy Spirit, you give them new vision, new ideas that uh, come from above. Give them your wisdom, Lord God, to make hard decisions. Lord God, I also ask that, uh, as I know, it's very hard in the day to get everything done. Lord God, I ask that everything be done in an efficient way, uh, in a pleasant way. Lord God, I pray for their clients. I pray for those women and those men who come into their facilities looking for help. Lord God, I ask, God, that you will give them open eyes and open ears to hear spiritually even that they are in a good place, 
that they will receive the help that they need and that you will guide them, Lord God. I pray that you guide them and all those, Lord, who are considering going to a pregnancy center wherever it is, but yet are afraid to move their feet forward, afraid to pick up the phone to call. Lord God, I ask that you encourage them, give them courage, Lord God, to make that move because there is love waiting on the other side of that door of the pregnancy center. Lord, take away the spirit of fear of these clients, these potential clients, that they will know that they will be in a place where they can receive the help they need. Lord God, I ask for all the pregnancy centers, that their budgets, Lord, be increased, that they have the money that they need to pay their rent, to pay, to pay, Lord God, for the different resources that they need to help their clients. Lord God, I ask that you give them a joy, to give them that wonderful joy that comes from being in your will, being obedient to you. Lord God, I thank you for these directors. I thank you that they are following the call of life, that they are cultivating a culture of life in their different communities and in their environments. I thank you, Lord God, for all of the sleep that they have lost, Lord God, because it just proves their dedication to the cause of life. And God, we love you, we admire you, we give you all the glory, we give you all the honor, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to consistently walk in your ways, Lord, not the world's ways. God, I also ask your blessing upon uh, Jacob, Lord God. He, he loves you, his wife loves you, Lord. And uh, I ask that you prosper their marriage, that you bless their, continue to bless their marriage, their church, and also um, anything that Jacob puts his hand to, Lord God, I ask that it will prosper. And as well as his wife, Lord, we're including this as a family unit, that this family will prosper in anything that they put their hand to in the name of Jesus. And that goes for all the pregnancy center directors as well, that your families will prosper and be blessed. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Amen. Oh. Amen. Our sponsors include Heritage House, Patriot Insurance, and iRapture.com. The Pro-Life Team Podcast is a ministry of iRapture.com. If you would like to explore making a donation or becoming a sponsor or have a recommendation for who would be a good guest on the podcast, please contact us at hello at prolife.team.
and 